Well, good morning, good morning. You may head back to your seats this morning. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we do uh, want to welcome you to church today. Uh, I know we have some, some guests streaming online. Uh, let me say to those who are streaming online, first and foremost, we welcome you to church. Can we give a hand of welcome to all our online guests this morning? Uh, normally, uh, we stream on two platforms, uh, YouTube and uh, Facebook. Um, but due to some uh, technical difficulties with home telecom right now in this area, uh, we've had to uh, streaming capabilities and drop back to one right now. Uh, they're not getting the speed signals they need for, for streaming purposes on multiple platforms out here. Fiber optic has not been run out here yet. It's supposed to be in about three years from now, um, but they're working through trying to help, but we're at the max that we can go and different things. So if you happen, anybody watching online or uh, on uh, Facebook or, or YouTube, whichever platform streaming today, just know that if you look on the other one and we're not there, it's not we're not there. It just means we're having to stream on the platform that we're able to do at that time. Um, it's just the nature of where we are. We are, it's kind of like uh, the children of Israel and the promised land. We are so close to Canaan, but we're not there yet. And uh, across the bridge is fiber optic. On this side of the bridge, you don't even know you're here. So we're trying. We're trying to get across the bridge, but, uh, but just make sure uh, you're mindful of that. We do ask that if you're here today, uh, if you could just please cite your cell phones just for the sake of uh, reverence of those that are being involved in that. If you have kids, please make sure uh, that you pick them up from Children's Church today. Tonight we start the community revival, uh, in the Victory Baptist Church in Albano right there off of Mail Route Road. Tonight, Pastor Tommy Turpin, or Reverend Tommy Turpin, Director of um, Communication Relations at Change Lives Ministries, as well as the youth pastor at Mount Olivet, uh, will be preaching tonight. Pastor Kel Carrington from the Bono PH Church will be tomorrow night. Sister Donna Wharton will preach on um, from the uh, Macedonia area on Tuesday night, and then we will finish out. Uh, our church uh, uh, will be a part of Wednesday night with me speaking on that uh, that night. So please be praying. If you can make it, we'd love to have you. If you can't make it, pray for us. Uh, we could use all the help we could get. Also, we've been telling you about it, but this Saturday is just a nice cleaning up day around the church. We've got to knock some cobwebs down. we got some folks going to bring some pressure washers to help us pressure wash some of the sidewalks. We want to kind of just spruce up the, the sanctuary a little bit, make sure all the tiles and envelopes and sanitize tables in the back because we have uh, dinner on the grounds next Sunday for Pastor Appreciation Day. Uh, we have dinner on the grounds. We don't want you to get sick, so we want to sanitize your tables we want to make sure that it's all cleaned and ready to go. Uh, it's going to be about about three hours. If you, can, if you can't stay all three hours, we understand. If you can, that would be great. If you can't, just give us any time you can. That would be helpful. There is, I think, a believe a sign-up sheet in the back. I think the ladies met last Sunday, but I do believe there's a sign-up sheet in the back uh, regarding any things that you may extra need or whatever um, in the back. If you have any questions, I'm sure any of these ladies in the church would be glad to help you figure out what you need to know how to do that. Also, Family Fest is quickly approaching. Um, some of you have already brought some candy. We need more candy and more candy. But there is a sign-up sheet out there of things we need. Miss Jeannie has got a lot of stuff already bought, but we need some like hot dog buns, condiments. Uh, we're trying to get the hot dogs when they're on good prices on sale. Uh, we're asking to try to get or somewhere between 150 to 200 hot dogs so we make sure that we have enough in case we need them or whatever. But there's a sign-up sheet in the back that we would like for you to sign up. Also, somebody asked last week, well, Pastor, what if we want to decorate our cars? That would be amazing. 
for Trunk or Treat. There's a sign-up sheet for that so that you can sign up your car. And uh, we just have told everybody that has said they want to sign up, we've told them, please be mindful this is a church event. We don't really want you to show up here uh, with, you know, um, some kind of like Wicked Witch of the West and cast spells on our children. I know some of our children may could use that sometimes because they're out of control, but we don't want to promote that. So please make sure uh, that you're mindful of that. Um, Also, just for reminding purposes, we always have our services online. You can always follow us uh, on our uh, church Facebook and Instagram and all those pages, but as well online. And we're so glad to have all of you here today. Let me say uh, before uh, Brother Randy comes to read Scripture and prayer and also bless us with uh, a special selection today. We have a special treat for you today. Um, Sister uh, Jennifer uh, Burbage, uh, which is Brother Corey, uh, and Sister Jennifer that come here, she helps with children's church and things like that. Her dad came in town this weekend uh, to spend some time with his family. Uh, he is a pastor in North Carolina, and uh, and so when I heard he came in town, uh, I, I learned from my dad that when you have a guest, pe- a guest preacher come in and they're a pastor, let them preach because they'll make everybody else think you're good too because you share the wealth. And so uh, he is going to be uh, blessing us today, uh, Pastor Alan Ball. Uh, I normally have a big bio of everything, but uh, we didn't really get the bio a couple times this week I, or last week. I texted Miss Miss Jennifer and she was like, "I don't know. I'll have to text him and ask him what the name is. I'll have to text him where he's coming from, stuff like that." So I said, "You know what? I'm just going to introduce him as Pastor Ball." But he'll be here preaching in just a few moments, and so we want to welcome him. Can we welcome him today to church with us today as well? Uh, also, let before Brother Randy comes, let me mention a couple prayer requests. Continue to pray for uh, Brother Jeff Davis's brother. Continue to pray for Brother Robert Chambers, who's struggling, and continue to pray for Sister Laura May. Uh, continue to pray for Miss Glenda, who's out today with migraines. Pray uh, for all the Brother Randy is is a little under the weather. Um, there's Miss Brenda is home with uh, Ricky, who is sick today. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, all of those folks in the back. Yes, there's just a lot of sick folk. So pray for them today as well. But I'm going to ask Brother Randy if he'll come lead us in Scripture and prayer, and then we'll jump right back in the service. God bless you today. I've seen him eat hot dogs, so I don't know if 200 is going to be enough. He didn't hear me. <laughs> All right, if you would stand for the word. We're going to go to Psalms 84. <clears throat> How amiable are thy tabernacles. O Lord of hosts, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is a man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of him, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them, and Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a man in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Thank you, Lord, for your word. uh, I've been praying about a song. Uh, It's been on my heart. 
and uh, yesterday morning I woke up and the devil's trying to get me not to sing it and I'm going to sing it hopefully I'll do okay but if I don't I'm singing it for the Lord anyway and it don't really matter uh, because that's for him and that scripture uh, touched my heart because it goes along with the song I'm going to sing closer to the D you may be seated
What a beautiful reminder today that we can be close to the Lord today. We're going to ask you to stand all over the house this morning. We're going to jump right back into worship. This is going to be a medley of songs. You'll see them on the screen. Some of these will be hymns. Some of these will be old praise choruses. Most of all these you will know. So let's sing together to worship the Lord.
Are you ready to go home? We're going to sing this old hymn of the church. It says, In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. The song was written back in 2001, but it's such a beautiful reminder to us today of how that God was laid in the heart of the tomb. But the Bible says that He will return and call us home in the power of Christ I stand. So let's sing it together.
truly there is something about the name of Jesus. Kings and kingdoms all pass away, but there is a name that is above heaven and earth by which men must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father. And God, we are here in your house, gathered in your name to worship together as your people and your children. And we are here to say we truly know there's nothing like the name of Jesus. Fathers, we get ready to segue into the time of message and hearing from your word let our our hearts and our ears be 
hear the word of the Lord. Bless the speaker, the anointed man, for the hour as he delivers the word from God to the people of God for the advancement of the kingdom of God. In Christ's name we pray and ask in the body of Christ together. Say amen. 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 Can we give uh, Brother Reverend Alan Ball a welcome this morning as he comes to deliver the word this morning? God bless you today.
Well, I guess I will be using this. Online cannot hear me. I'm not used to having online and, and, and Facebook and all that. Um, like I said, we're, we're just a small little church. This verse, this psalmist, he says, I have not hid thy righteousness from mine heart. God called me to preach. And when he called me to preach, I have not hid thy righteousness. I'm not going to hide what God I'm not going to sit back and, 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 and not let people know what Jesus can do for them. Now this verse, I, I've gone over this verse and gone over this verse. I'm not going to hide it. I can't hide it. I cannot hide it. That name Jesus, he won't let me hide it. He won't let me hide it. So what am I going to do? I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. The salvation that God has given me. What he's done for me. What's the best way to not hide his righteousness? And to declare his faithfulness and his salvation? What's the best way to do that? It's through our testimony. It's through our testimony. You know, testimony isn't just sitting here speaking about it. It's our actions. It's the way we do things, the way others see us. You know, as Christians, I've always told my church, you see the target on my back? I'm a Christian, and there's a target on your back because people are going to watch you. They're going to watch how you speak to one another, how you're going to act to one another. And what we do and how we do it represents God. Because Christian, what does is, what is Christian stand for? To be Christ-like. We're to be like Christ. What would you think after you hear me preach? An hour after service, then you see me walk out of the package store down there with a brown bag. What would you think? What would you think? What a hypocrite. What a hypocrite. You know, I, I, I use that, that example with, with, with my church back home. Because when I first moved there 20 years ago, it was dry county. A dry county. 20 years later. We have four breweries, a winery, and every restaurant on every street corner that serves alcohol now. You know, I can't, we can't blame nobody. We blame ourselves because we didn't stand up. We didn't stand up for God. But our testimonies, it takes a lifetime, a lifetime to have a testimony. But it only takes seconds to destroy it. Only seconds. I have seen plenty of preachers who have destroyed their testimony. We have a little church back home. It was one of the best churches in town. Franklin Grove Church, Baptist Church. And now it's called The Grove. The Grove. 
the man that they have in there, I can't call him a pastor. I can't. The man that they have in there right now has taken out all the pews, brought in chairs, bean bags, set up coffee bar. Come for the coffee and stay for the service. Come for the coffee. His birthday came around. They threw him a kager in the basement of the church. They had a keg party in the basement of the church. And he had an article in, in, in the paper two weeks ago. It was about the LGBTQ and how God's people, how God's people are supposed to change our beliefs in him. I have declared thy faithfulness. Thy faithfulness. What he's been faithful to me. What he showed me. I'm going to let you know a little bit about me. I'm going to give you my testimony. You say, well, you're a preacher. That's nothing to it. If you'd have known where I come from and to where I'm at now, you're shocked. You'll be shocked. I was saved when I was 10 years old. And as I grew up, we went to church. Mom and dad took us to church. And as I got to the senior and uh, junior and senior in high school, Satan stepped in. He says, you're getting big enough. You can do what you want. I said, okay, no problem. Every time those doors were open, we were in church. Dad brought all us kids into church. We had a drug problem. Daddy drug us into church. You know, that was a good, good problem that we had, looking back. But after, after I graduated high school, I went ahead and moved to North Carolina. So I said, I'm going to get away, and I'm going to do my own thing. So I moved. A year later, Mom and Dad moved up there, too. So I, I really didn't have that much time. I said, no problem. I'll join the military. So I, I went ahead and joined the military. And before I left the boot camp, the, the motel that my dad was running, there was a good-looking girl come in. I said, well, I'm going I'm to go ahead and date her. Well, a week to a week and a half later, I was asking her to marry me. And that's been 42 years ago. 42 years. Now I'm in the military. I'm away from mom and dad. I'm married. And I get to do what I want to do. You know, Satan, he works. He works real good. How many of you believe in Satan? How many believe in the devil? Do you know what the devil is? If you got a piece of paper, write devil out, but leave the D off. He's evil. Evil. Satan will do whatever it takes to get you. Satan had me. Satan had me, and I was just following along. Dragging, dragging, dragging us to church, but Satan was just taking us right back out. And I followed him. I followed him for years. 
my last duty station was here in Charleston at the at Navy Consolidated Bridge. I retired in 96. And when I retired, I, I did odds jobs. I, I did all kinds of construction jobs or whatever I could do. I worked for Sangaree Mobile Homes, and there was a gentleman named Charles Dietrich. I don't know if you know him, but he's a pastor now. Him and I used to sit and talk on the phone four, five, six hours a night. We'd have this Bible. We'd have this Bible, and we'd be talking. Satan was dragging me. Jesus just put his arm around and says, come on. I started reading again. I started getting into the Bible. I started getting into to God's word and, and, and hearing what it was telling me. Charles said, I got a calling to preach. I said, okay. I said, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I said, well, well, we're pretty good on this Bible stuff. He said, no, I got to sit down in front of four or five pastors and we have to go through all that. I said, nope. Leave me out. I'm not, that's no part for me. I don't want that. So he went ahead and, and became a pastor. And this time, we took a trip to my in-laws. And I got a phone call. And it was my little brother. And he was crying. So I went outside to, to find out what was wrong. He says, Mom's dying. The doctors just gave her four months to live. Four months. So I come on back home. And I looked at my wife and I said, I got to go. I got to go. So for four months, for four months, I pack up Sunday, drive to North Carolina, stay a week. Help dad while he's working, I'd stay home with mom. I'd come back home the next Sunday and I'd stay here and I'd, Work here a week. I was doing my own, my own construction. So I set up, be gone a week, back to work a week. I did that for four months, almost to the day when mom died. I prayed to God that God would heal her. God would make her whole again. And I remember as EMS rolled her out, they stopped. Mama looked back, and her eyes got about that big, and she took a deep breath. Oh, can you just imagine what she saw when she looked up to heaven? She was looking into heaven. She took that last breath, and that very next one, she was standing in the presence of God. Standing in the presence of God. I got mad. God didn't do what I prayed for him to do. He didn't, he didn't save my mom. So who was standing there saying, come on? Satan was saying, listen, he didn't answer them prayers. He didn't do what you wanted. Look how faithful you were and look what he didn't do. Well, I fell off the deep end again. I did. And as time went by, I moved up to North Carolina to help dad take care of things. I made mom a promise. We moved up. And my aunt that lives up there, she's, you, 
got to really know her. She's, she's kind of strange. She'll hound you and hound you and hound you until you do what she tells you to do. So I, 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 I used to just go ahead and do what she says just to appease her and take off and go the other way then. We were looking to build a house, but I had to find land. Come on up. I got a good piece of property, she says. And I said, yeah, okay, right. Right next to yours, well, I'm going to watch you all day. So I got up, and we finally got tired of hearing it. We went up there and looked out, and I said, man, this is a pretty view. So I went ahead and bought that property. I designed my house. I had the house built. But God was over here going, knocking on that heart. And the devil's still over here pulling. I didn't understand why I was being pulled apart. Why I'm being pulled apart. Satan over here saying, come on, let's do what we want to do. God's over here saying, come on, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. Time went on, I got the house built. My aunt comes up, says, you need to come to church with us. And I said, no problem. Yeah, sure, okay. Just went on my way. But she kept coming. You need to come to church with us. I said, okay, I'll go. That Sunday when I walked in, I made it from the back door. And before I got to the last pew, I done had a dozen people shake my hand. Women coming up hugging me, saying, oh, we love you. Glad to see you here. I knew a lot of them. I knew a lot of them. But the love from that door to that pew was so thick, was so thick. You know, you, walk in, you can walk into a lot of churches, and you can walk in, you might get a hello now and then. You might get somebody to shake your hand. But this church, when I walked in, you could Feel the love of Jesus. It was a genuine love. He's sitting there knocking, knocking. And I said, okay, we'll go ahead and, and, and try this out. I'm still, still a little mad because God didn't take care of mama for me. Well, then dad gets sick again. He just made it through prostate cancer, and now he has colon cancer. So now I've got to deal with this. And the more I went to church, the more God made things easier. Now, I'm not saying that we have to come to church just to make things easy. No, he makes things easy for you. If you allow him, that's the big thing. You have to allow him. Just because you come through the doors doesn't make you a Christian. Doesn't make you a Christian. It's what's in here. It's what's in here that makes you a Christian. Dad got sicker and sicker. He finally ended up in, on the bed. And he was in a coma for a week. 24 hours a day, I stayed there with him. I made mom a promise I'd watch him. I stayed there. I didn't sleep. It went three days and I hadn't slept. Finally, I got to the point where everybody had left. 
And I looked at his wife and said, I'm going to get me a nap real quick before everybody gets back. I finally got about an hour's nap, and everybody come back. And I prayed and prayed and prayed that God would heal him. That God would heal him. Not the way you healed mama, but to let him stay. And I remember it was a Friday night. It was a Saturday morning because it was about 1 o'clock in the morning. I was watching him. They said to watch his breath. I watched his breath go from 10 to 7 to three, min- uh, three times a minute. And all of a sudden, I seen his last breath. And God hit me. I healed your daddy the same way I healed your mama. He didn't heal him here on this earth. But when they got to heaven, they had that perfect body. They had that perfect body. It took my mama and my daddy dying for me to realize that. To realize how perfect God is. How perfect he is. Does God answer prayers? I'll promise you he answers prayers. He'll answer one of three ways. Yes, no, or just hold on. Just hold on. When I prayed for God to to heal my parents, he answered them. He said, yes, I'll answer them. There wasn't a way that I want them answered. But God knows best. So we finally got all that taken care of. And I was going to church. I was having fun. I was having fun. And I left. I was getting ready to leave one one Sunday. And my pastor says, I want you to do me a favor. And I said, sure, whatever you need. He says, I want you to pray. I said, okay, about what? I want you to pray. I said, okay, what? He said, just pray. I said, okay. I prayed. Don't know what I was praying for. He said, just pray for God to do whatever. Month, month and a half went by, and every time I walked out the door, he'd look at me. He's got a he's got a, a, a silly grin. Half of his lips go up, and the other half come down, and he'll look at you. He always looked at me and says, you praying? I said, yeah, for what? He says, keep praying. A couple weeks went by. And I was leaving. I said, now, enough's enough. I've been praying. What am I praying for? He says, I think it's time. I said, okay. He says, every month that has a fifth Sunday in it, I want you to teach the adult Sunday school class. I looked at him and I said, see ya. I can't do that. I can't get him to... The pastor sits in this Sunday school class. The deacons sit in this Sunday school class. What am I going to teach a pastor and deacons that they don't already know? He says, pray about it. I said, okay. So it come that fifth Sunday of that month. I had my Sunday school lesson. I had been studying it for a month. I had notes and notes and notes. They had a little podium, probably about this big, and I'm glad it was about that wide because if they could have seen my knees doing this right here, sitting in that class. 
We, we, had, we had prayer before Sunday school. And when that word amen hit, my knees stopped shaking. My hands stopped shaking. And I commenced on the lesson. We had conversation. We had, we had participation. Next thing I know, I hear the bell. I said, wait a minute, somebody's wrong. The bell, we just started class. I looked at the watch. It was already 45 minutes. I'm going, now wait a minute. How did I get away with that? So I said, okay, no problem. We had a good time. Preacher says, good job. Time went on. And God kept calling. I closed my eyes. And I could see myself up here preaching. I'm going, no. I said, God, teaching's one thing. Preaching is another. I can't preach. So I, I, I pulled him to a side. I pulled him into the, to the Sunday school class. And I said, how do you know if God's calling? How do you know if God is calling? He gave me that grin. Looked at me and says, you'll know. How will you know? You'll know. And he walked off. And I said, Okay. It went on for a couple months. And he kept having that same dream preach. When you were called, did you have excuses not to do it? Oh, yeah. I tell you what, I made up excuses that God probably has never heard of before. I can't preach. We had a we have a, a, a mission team at church that goes to West Virginia. We go there two, three times a year. And Miss Brenda kept asking me, why don't you come to West Virginia with us on the mission field? And I said, well, I'd come up with an excuse and an excuse and an excuse. Finally got to the point, I told, told my wife, I says, I'm out of excuses. What am I going to tell her now? She says, just go one time and don't like it, don't go. I said, okay, so I went. And the blessings that God gave me, all those times that I made an excuse, made an excuse because I didn't want to go. All those blessings that I lost. You know, there, 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 there was one one thing that stands out when I, the first time I went up there, we, came, we went up on a Christmas. And we gave the little kids their toys, and they were playing. One little boy was playing with his truck. And we gave him a little goodie bag. Had an apple, a couple pieces of candy, a soft pair of socks, gloves, and, and, and a little toboggan. We gave it to the little boy. He looked inside. He took that truck, and he threw it. He said, ooh, somebody's not happy. He ripped open that bag. He pulled his shoes off, pulled his socks off, and he got that new pair of socks. And he put them on, and he went around to everybody. Look what I got, a new pair of socks. He didn't care about the toys. He didn't care about anything. Just that pair of socks. God blessed me so much just to be able to, to, to help one little boy out. So I kept going. 
And we kept going and going and going. And God kept working on me to preach. We went up there one time, my father-in-law and myself, along with uh, three other people. We went up there, and God dealt with me. Every evening we have, we have devotion. And I'm one of the ones that like to talk a lot when we get up there. But this time, I was quiet. God was dealing with me. We got done with devotion. I just went on upstairs. I got in bed. I read my Bible. And I laid down. And there I was preaching again. I said, God, this ain't going to happen. I can't do it. I don't know how to speak to people. I don't know enough of the Bible. I don't have enough clothes to wear. I, I, I don't have no suits. And I tried my best to go to sleep. I got up, and I read my Bible again. And I kept coming back to one passage. One passage. Matthew 6, 33. The next night came, and I tried my best to go to sleep. I closed my eyes, and there I was preaching. For three nights, I didn't get no sleep. At Wednesday night, I said, finally, I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, we'll give it a try. I said, now I can get some sleep. Well, I laid down, and there I was preaching again. I said, all right, God, I'm going to close my eyes. We're going to see how well I can do this. I always look at the clock, know what time I went to bed. I looked at the clock, and I said, all right. I closed my eyes, and I could see myself preaching. And I finally got done, and I said, oh, that's a good 15 minutes. I looked over, and it was an hour and 15 minutes. I said, Lord, you know I can't do this. I said, I'll, I'll give it a try. I got my Bible out, and I opened the passage up. Hit the same passage. Thursday night, God had tore me apart so bad. I got on my knees and I said, God, if this is what you want, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I opened my Bible in the passage that I hit every week, every day that week was Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. God, you know I can't preach. I don't have enough clothes. I don't know the Bible that well, and I can't speak to people. I opened the book. And God said, this is exactly what I want you to do. Seek me. Seek me in my righteousness. And I'll take care of everything else. I'll take care of everything else. That next morning I got up. I actually got to get some sleep. When, when I said, God, I've had it. 
I'm yours. Do what you want. He allowed me to close my eyes and sleep. We got up Friday and got ready to come home. I was driving home. And I said, God, I got a problem. I got a wife at home that won't understand this. She's not going to understand this. I said, if you want me to preach, you've got to take care of that. So we got home, got everything unpacked, and I looked at it and I says, uh, we need to talk. And you could see that expression in her face, uh, uh-oh. So we sat down at the, at the kitchen table, and I told her, I said, I've been dealing with something for a while. And I looked at her, and you could see the concern in her eyes. I said, are you scared? She goes, yeah. I said, I am too. She said, what? I said, God called me to preach. And you could see a relief come over her. She looked at me and she said, well, God told you to preach. I guess you better preach. That was quick. Thank you. And in seven hours, he had, he had, he had already worked that part out. You seek God first. It's taken me a long time. I'm 61 right now. I've been, I, I started preaching at 57. It's taken me a long time to understand that verse. I've read it hundreds of times. But it's taken me that long. God's called me to preach for a reason. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I'm not going to hide his righteousness. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to declare what he has for me to do. You know, if, if, if we're ashamed of him here on earth, guess what? He's going to be ashamed of us in front of the Father. That's one thing. That's one thing I'm not going to have happen. I'm not going to let him be ashamed of me. As long as I have breath and God gives me the strength, I'm going to preach his word. When I was ordained, I was charged to preach the word. Not my word. Not somebody else's word. But to preach God's word. To preach what he has for me to preach. You know, I, I, I couldn't understand how that preacher was able to preach an hour on one verse. I've gone longer than that on one verse. It doesn't, it, it, it's not what, what I think. If, 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 if I would preach what I thought, guys, we'd been gone by now. We'd have been gone and probably home already eaten. It's what God gives me. It's what God gives me. You know, I can sit and tell everybody my testimony. You guys probably see me right now and then probably not see me again for a while until I come back to visit. That's good to, 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 for, for me to, to let you know what God has done in my life. God took an alcoholic, probably one of the submarine's most drunkest person, and look where he's put me. Look where he has put me. 
If God can take that and do that, you were saying in, in, in Sunday school this morning that you work with the alcoholic and the drug addict. You know, we're not to hide God's righteousness. Not from the drunks, not from the drug addicts, not from the whores. We're to let them know. We're to let them know. We're to declare his faithfulness to us and our salvation. One race, many nations. One race, many nations. The Christian race. The Christian. You guys are a church of God. I come from a Baptist church. There are Methodist churches. There are Lutheran churches. <coughs> we may worship. We may have some little odds and ends on beliefs. But what's the main goal? What's the main goal? God. You know, it makes no difference. Church of God, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, it doesn't make no difference. As long as God's word is being preached, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I don't know your hearts. I don't, I don't know how you close, Pastor. I don't know your hearts. I don't, I don't know your relationship between you and God. That's you. That, that, that's between you and God. But God's put it on my heart to have an invitation today. He's put it on my heart to have an invitation today. I don't know. I'm just obeying. I'm just obeying. So if everybody will please stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. God had me to come and give my testimony and to preach his word. Why, I don't know. Door for me to come and do this, he already had it in works. Somebody needed to hear it. Somebody needed to hear it. If God is speaking, if God is speaking, don't quench the spirit. Come talk to him. All the praying that I did for my mom and my dad was not in vain. God answered my prayers. He healed my mom and dad. And I know it without a shadow of a doubt that they're walking the streets of gold right now. If God's dealing with you, if God is, is, is knocking on your heart, the altar's open. The altar is open. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you never accepted Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next Sunday when, when your regular pastor gets in. You know, we're not guaranteed our next breath. Are you willing to take that gamble? Are you willing to take the gamble of waiting next week 
and die in the, in the meantime and go into hell. Don't know, maybe God's talking to somebody in here. Why I gave my testimony on, on, on becoming a preacher, I don't know. Maybe, maybe God's talking to somebody in here. Maybe he's got the same idea for somebody in here. Don't wait like I did. Don't come up with excuses like I did. Trust and obey. There's something about that name. That name, Jesus. He'll give you the peace that passes all understanding. When I surrender to him, the peace that I got, oh, I, I can't explain it. I cannot explain it. You know, I, 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 I do believe with all my heart, if I wouldn't have surrendered to God up there in West Virginia to preach, Myself and my father-in-law would have never made it home. Would have never made it home because God was dealing with me that much. If God's dealing with you, come talk to him. Come talk to him. Maybe you're not walking the way you should. Maybe we're taking some side roads, some side steps. Come talk to Jesus. Come talk to Jesus. Jesus will make all things clear. Let your head remain bowed and eyes closed. I was reminded as Pastor Ball was sharing his testimony. couple months ago, well, probably about a year or so ago, we were tasked with a request to be brought before this body regarding Sister Jennifer's father who had some health issues that did not look good. Now, Madison and Colton and Mackenzie were worried about their grandfather, Jennifer worried about her dad, Corey worried about his father-in-law, and it didn't look good just didn't. We needed God. And I'm sure Pastor Ball's church and many others were as well praying. But then God did what only God can do. He healed it. There's just no way around it. And I know every time there's you know, a guest speaker in there like that, it's always a little I know when I guest speaker at places, it can be a little unnerving. But I do believe Pastor Paul had had it right when he said, there's someone in here, you're just not okay. Now maybe, I'm not saying that you're not saved, that's not what I'm saying. But something is on your heart. Maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a job, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your grandchildren, but, but someone in here today I do believe needed to be reminded that no matter how far someone may go, God can go get them and bring them back. I don't want you to leave this place. I'm not tearing here to waste your time. 
I don't want somebody to leave today and they did not have the opportunity to talk to God just for a moment and tell Him what they needed. So if you are in this house, no one looking around, but Jesus, myself, she said, Pastor, that's me that needs prayer today. No one's looking around but me and God. Will you just slip your hand up if you would say, Pastor, I need prayer. There's some things in my life I need God to help me with. I just need God to help me understand and figure out some things. And I just need His touch today. Would you just slip your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Any others? I'm not going to embarrass you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. As the body of Christ, this is what I want us to do. If you're standing by someone as a point of contact, I want you to grab their hand. If you don't have someone beside you, I understand. You know, church, we're living in perilous times. Hello? Now, I understand that we had a Baptist pastor preach, but that doesn't mean you can't be Pentecostal today. We live in bad times, church. This ain't a good place in that day and hour to live in in the world we've got going right now. But God's still God no matter what happens in this world. God's still God. There are people that are in this house that have raised their hands, and I firmly believe that God can do for them whatever they have need of, the same thing he did for Pastor Ball, the same things he's done for people like Wendell Weaver, and same things he's continuing to do in, in helping Miss Mary Weaver in her process, the cancer she's facing. I believe God's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which our minds can think or comprehend because he's still God. And nothing else changes. He's God. And so I want us to pray together the prayer of faith, believing I told you on the other Wednesday night, don't pray if you don't believe because that's pointless. You wasted the breath and the oxygen for somebody else and you've hindered the prayer. If you don't believe, just don't pray. Just stand there and think about lunch. I don't want you to ruin the prayer. But I believe that God is still the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And if He did it then, He can do it today and He can do it tomorrow. And He can do it in your tomorrow. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus. There are men and women standing under the sound of the voice of the man of the hour that have preached and under this pastor and shepherd, chief under shepherd, which is me under the direction of Jesus Christ. There are people in this house that have gathered in your name and have come together for the sole auspice and purpose the name of Jesus. But there are heavy hearts. There are heavy minds. There are people that are weighted down by the things of this world. The cares of this world have come against them. The frustrations, the animosities, the, the, the hindrance of Satan, the vile works of the enemy has attacked them from the left and the right and the front and the back. But the Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against us? When the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise a standard against them. Father, in the moment that we're standing today, I am asking God, the men and women that raise their hands today, only you do what you can do, God, and that you would come down from the portals of glory, transcend time and space, and let the Spirit of Almighty God fall in this house, and let us feel your presence so that when we leave this place, we can say it's been good to be in the house of God. I pray for healing bodies. God, I pray for people who are battling sickness, that healing virtue would flow. People that's marriages are falling apart. God, you'd make restitution. People who have questions about their jobs. God, you'd make a way where there seems to be no way. God, people that have financial crisis. God, you would bless them. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Some folks today, God, this is the first time they've been in quite some time. 
due to things going on in their family. God bless them in this house. Let them know you haven't forgot about them. Let them know you're still right there beside them. God, there are people in this house battling cancer. Let them know you're still a healer. Let them know you're still a great physician. God, there are people in this house that need directions for the steps of a good man and a woman are ordered of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge you and you make the pathways known. There is no one like our God and it is to God, the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above that which we can ask or think according to the riches of Christ Jesus our Lord that we commit all of Jesus Christ our Savior and the body of Christ and the people of God together shout amen. Amen. Will you give the Lord a hand clap of praise for all that he does? Hallelujah. Let me say, uh, I appreciate Pastor Ball's message. Can we one more time let him know how much we appreciate him being here today? God bless him today. A couple housekeeping items before I have the benedictory prayer. Don't forget tonight starts community revival at Victory Baptist at Road in Bono. We'll uh, be praying for that. Next Sunday, uh, appreciation of day going on and all the events tied to that. If you have any questions, there are sign-up sheets out there. There's other information. You can see Sister Jennifer or some of the ladies. Uh, don't forget, we still need things for Family Fest, hot dogs, condiments, all kinds of There's a whole sign-up sheet. It has a list. You can see the list. We still need candy. You can always bring that. You don't have to sign up. Just bring that. There's also a list if you're planning on decorating your cars. The reason we're asking that is because we have to park you a certain way because we only have a circle or a half, if you will, a circle driveway here, uh, and, and we have to be strategic because kids are moving in and out of the parking lot with the inflatables and the cotton candy machines up front and the food in the kitchen. We do not want people running around and you be coming in and you don't see somebody and we hit somebody. We want to be safe. So we want to park those involved in trunk or treat in spe uh, specific locations, and then those that are working, we can thaw you into the other areas to keep you safe. It's okay. We're hoping the weather will hold off, that we'll be able to use the field for additional parking and, and things like that as well. We also have been given permission and have already secured and, and done, uh, purchased. Uh, we will have a fireworks display at the end of the night for you this year. Something we haven't done in a while, but we're going to blow it up. It's gonna, we're going to red, white, and boom it. It's just going to go up. And uh, we're going to have a great time. Uh, before anybody asks, no, teenagers are not lighting fireworks. So don't ask me. I'm not having that kind of insurance liability. So uh, you have to at least be paying taxes before I can talk to you about lighting fireworks. Um, so, so and maybe have your own insurance. Uh, but anyway, don't forget that as well. Uh, next Sunday morning, we will have Pastor Bruce Fox, former pastor of Oak the Road, uh, Church of God. I like to say Oak the Road Ministries, but it was Church of God back then. And uh, he's pastoring South Aiken, which is now Mercy Church. Every church he's pastored went through a name change. It's kind of weird. Uh, hopefully... That's not a, a transcending of something. But anyway, uh, he has been off, off the road for quite some time because of his health. He had to come off the road. and uh, But he is now back up and running, not physically running, but getting back to things, back to it. And so uh, he had been he had been clamoring. He's, you know, Pastor Ball was talking about that aunt that it is that just kind of kept pushing and pushing. Well, Pastor Fox says I'm his spiritual grandson. And since the day he found out I was coming here, he has called or texted about every week. So what date am I coming? So what date am I coming? So after about three years, I thought, you know what? Just come. Just come. Just get it out your system. Let's go on. I mean, we didn't have anything like a global pandemic that hindered that or anything, Pastor. We'll get you in here, okay? So anyway, but we finally worked it out and just correlated with our schedules. And so he's going to come. 
Uh, there's no telling what he'll do next week. He'll probably bring 14 different harmonicas and play them. I may have a banjo. You just don't know with him. Um, and Sister Fox will sit in the back and hide and act like she doesn't know what he's doing. And, uh, and so it'll be a good time in the Lord. So we'll have a great time next Sunday morning for church with that as well. Let me pray the Aaronic blessing over you. And then I'm going to ask Brother Randy to close this out in prayer. But let me pray over you. Lord, may you bless us and keep us. May you make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance towards us and give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding and guard our hearts until our time together.